What's up, friends? Before we hop into this live show, got to tell you about Chevalier Mortgage. Our friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier, are not only diehard Broncos fans and proud CSU alums, but they have supported DNVR for a long time as DNVR members. They're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial services experiences. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. And most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. And since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage likely your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. And most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com or call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Michael Chevalier, MNLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, MLS 1910631. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. to Zach Mace Arcade and the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four, we're, we're still, still waiting for. Bring on the chase. Out on the field, a mile high, Broncos win is our desire. Couple with the break, crew and a friend, lead orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DBN, we are, we are DBN, we are. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this wonderful Wednesday. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. Before we hop into the show, guys, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. And some of our own staff members are taking classes at MSU Denver. And they say that the professors bring the real world into the classroom and that they cater around your busy schedule. So make sure to check them out at msudenver.edu slash online, where they have over 40 online and hybrid programs and over 750 classes. So head over to msudenver.edu slash online to check them out. My boy, Mace, what's up? How are you doing, my friend? Muted! <laughs> Better than the Broncos. Ah, oh, man, for real, yeah. Mace. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie, but you and I had a very fun show planned for today, and can't do that anymore. Of course, uh, just less than half an hour after we start this show, or before we started this show, Mace, Melvin Gordon. Uh, news comes out that he was charged with DUI and speeding in Denver last night. What 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 do you think when you first see the news? You know what? Maybe it's just a function of getting older, being a parent and all that. I feel 
like my reaction is going to be the same as my dad's when I messed up when I was growing up. I'm very disappointed in Melvin Gordon. Well, really, I'm very disappointed and I'm very disappointed in any player who has a DUI because there is literally no excuse for this. All the players have access to credits with rideshare services. There was a partnership with Uber. Then it became a partnership with Lyft back in 2017. Okay. This is the one thing that there's absolutely no excuse to have on your record. If you're an NFL player, you have a, you, you have, you get a you get credits, and even if you've used the credits, you know what you're you're making an NFL salary. If you're going to go out and have a few, you can afford an Uber, you can afford a Lyft. I'm just, yeah, I'm I have nothing positive to say right now, to be honest. With you. And and I don't either, Mason. And, and I don't think it's just because you're uh, you know getting older and you're a dad. I feel the exact same way mm-hmm. as you. Very very disappointed, and for so many reasons, there is never an excuse to, to get a DUI. If you're you or me, let alone a, a Denver Bronco, a professional athlete, you mentioned all, all of the services they have to their disposal that they can use. Uh, and then Mace, you, you throw in the, the fact that we're in COVID right now. And yes, yesterday the Broncos were, you know, on a couple days off on their bye week as I put in, in quotations right there. Still, you got to follow the, the COVID protocols. And does that mean that you can't have a drink? No, it doesn't. Yeah. But but you could have a you, you pretty much with these rules, you should be having a drink inside your house. And and, and really, yep. so it just raises so many questions, Mace. Uh, and first and foremost, being charged with the DUI, never, never uh an excuse for that. And it's you know, the Broncos are one and three right now, and they can't afford anything like this. This is just this is terrible. Yeah, I mean, if he's if he violated COVID protocols on this, then you know, if the Broncos are are really serious about adhering to them and and set and set a message and send a message, I mean, there are people. After I posted the little stuff about the DUI thing on Twitter, there there are people saying, "Cut him." Yep, yep, and we and have people, we're, and we're seeing comments on it yep. right now coming in, getting into us. I don't think I don't think he will because of the cap implications. But I mean, th- if if he violated COVID protocols and he was going out, then on top of on top of everything else, that's the sort of thing that you've heard Vic Fangio talk about. You've heard Drew Locke talk about how guys have everyone has to be accountable to each other, and it's a it's a failure of, of personal and team accountability if the charges are true. Yeah, yeah, Mace. I remember uh, a couple couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, we talked to Philip Lindsay, and he was taking he's taking the COVID protocols mm-hmm. very seriously. In fact, when we talked to him this past weekend, Mace, he was the only player that's worn a mask during the entire interview, which I find very respectable. Mm-hmm. Players are allowed to take their masks off when we talk to him, so that's not a bad thing if they do take their mask off. But Philip, very serious about it. He and he said. If you break the protocols and you're one of my teammates, you break the COVID protocols, that's saying you don't give a damn about me. That's saying mm-hmm. you don't give a damn about my family. That's saying you don't give a damn about our team. So who who knows if if this did lead to that. But Mace, we can only, you know, think about what, what was happening here. But, you know, if the charges are true, mm-hmm. Mace, could the Broncos, if they decided to take that very harsh route and cut him, would breaking COVID protocols some get get out of their con- get out of his contract in some way? That's a good question, and that's a 
something that I don't know the answer to at this point, uh, whether it would or it would not. I mean, is is that something that fall? It would have to fall under conduct detrimental. And I mean, but that being said, I mean, the NFLPA did agree to these protocols. It's a point that uh, Vic Fangio, of course, made a few days ago when he talked about how the NFL and NFLPA worked hand in hand and really working hand in hand in a way that they rarely work hand in hand, quite frankly, given how acrimonious some of the negotiations can get in these sorts of things. So could this be something that voids a contract? I, again, I don't know the terms. I don't know what they're considering violations of COVID protocol. I mean, we do know, I mean, we do know this, that like, for example, this was in another sport that based that remember Mike Clevenger and a Cleveland Indians teammate, and they went out and they basically got frozen out of the Indians for a few weeks. Yeah. They got sent, they got sent down to the, uh, the satellite camp. Yeah. They back certainly in, did back in August. So again, we don't know if he, I mean, for all we know, he was at another residence and had a drink. So, and let's, let's not, let's not get into saying that he definitely did violate COVID protocols, but certainly sure. based on what we know right now, if he, if he did, I mean, it opens a Pandora's box. It, it does. And Mace, it's there's there's never a good time for something like this to come. But man, good thing Philip Lindsay is supposed to be back. Of course, he could have played against the Jets. Uh, uh, what Vic Fangio said, he was supposed to play on Monday night if uh, the Broncos had a game, and now he will be back. But Mace, how does this impact the Broncos on the field? And well, first before we get there, I guess it, will Melvin Gordon be playing this weekend for the Broncos? How do the Broncos? handle this situation how does the nfl handle this situation because last year we saw kareem jackson uh get a dui and he was suspended for two games but will a suspension come this week it, it seems unlikely right seems unlikely i mean remember kareem jackson everything happened really quietly and the suspension kicked in after the conviction so yeah. Uh, that's one thing that could kind of keep this thing in a holding pattern when it comes to on-field punishment is just waiting for the day in court and waiting for that part of it to be resolved. Then you could be talking about suspension in a few weeks. But that being said, the league does have the ability to enact discipline even without a conviction if it so desires. Right. Yes. Yes, they, they could. And my guess is we don't see – NFL punishment handed right now, but maybe the Broncos uh, say stay away or something like that. We'll see how the Broncos handle it. They have put out a statement. They said, we are aware of the situation involving Melvin Gordon. Our organization has been in communication with him and is in the process of gathering more details. So kind of what you would expect from a team statement there. So Mace, how does this impact the Broncos on the field? Well, I mean, if you were going to have something happen to Melvin Gordon that made him unavailable, it, it certainly makes Philip Lindsay's recovery from turf toe timely. Yeah. Because then you can simply go Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman as your two backs and go along your merry way. The only thing you're concerned about then is who's your third back because, of course, Levante Bellamy had the injury that he suffered last week. So you've got to shore up kind of the, the back of the depth chart there a little bit, but it's mostly one, two anyway. So. Royce Freeman has been Royce, Royce Freeman has been effective yep. when he's come in this year in a way that he uh, hasn't been in his first couple of years. And, you know, there were some during training camp as the reports were coming out about how the running backs were playing and how Levante Bellamy was turning some heads saying, okay, would Royce Freeman be in jeopardy? Royce Freeman was never in jeopardy of not making this team 
mainly because of of injuries, obviously. And of course, you see the fact that they lost Philip Lindsay for a few weeks. But just things can happen to your top two running backs, and you need, and sometimes you're going to need somebody else. And oh, by the way, if Philip Lindsay is rate limited on Sunday because he's still getting all the way back from that turf toe, then Royce Freeman can give you 10 to 15 touches. And that's why he's here. Yeah, exactly. And Mace, it's not, it's tough with Philip Lindsay coming back from that turf toe. Now he says he's a hundred percent, but you may want that. You're probably planning on easing him back into this game. Of course, balancing him with Melvin Gordon. And if, if Melvin Gordon's availability for this week is in jeopardy, then yeah, you put a lot more on Philip Lindsay's mm-hmm. plate. And while Royce Freeman has played a decent amount, Mace, he hasn't really touched the ball all that much. In fact, uh, he he has in the first game, he had one rush when Philip Lindsay got hurt at halftime. Then he had three runs in the second game, two in the third game. And then last week uh, against the Jets, he had three. So it's not like They've been using him uh, in the running game a lot, but he has been getting, you know, 20 to 30% of the snaps. Uh, is that how you see it unfolding on the flip side? When If you don't have Melvin Gordon, but you have Philip Lindsay in there instead, do, do, is Royce right around that 20, 35% mark and Philip the other 35 or, or 65 to 70? Most definitely. I don't see a reason why you'd go away from that if you didn't have if he, if he didn't have Belvin Gordon out there, that you had, you do use Philip Lindsay as the bell cow. I mean, Lindsay and Gordon are one in one a. So if you've got them both, you're using them equally, or you're trying to. Yeah. And if one gets more touches than the other in a game, it's because of a game plan or because one happened to have the hot hand that day, and you're going to ride the hot hand. You need to have that sort of tactical flexibility to make sure that you capitalize when you've got a good burst from one of those running backs. If one of them is out of the equation, then it's clearly a one and two. And then you arrange it as such if you're Pat Shermer. You yeah, you're, you're exactly right, Mason. One thing I have to bring up because I've seen it in our comment section is the exact same time that Melvin Gordon was charged with his DUI last night, Le'Veon Bell was released by uh, the New York Jets. And, you know, people asked me last night, are, are the Broncos, should the Broncos get him? And I'm saying, no, 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 they have two guys. Well, yeah. now, now they may now they may have one guy. Whether and whether it's for you know an extended period of time or just a two or three game stretch, Mace, does this make it more likely that Bell that Bell lands in Denver? But you're also talking about two games. I mean, yeah. you'd like to think that you can get by with two games with what you've got. And again, with the Bellamy injury, you find you maybe pluck try to pluck a running back off somebody else's practice squad to provide some supplemental depth and, uh, and begin de- developing him. I mean, you know, what's Kyle Thani Muhammad up to these days? Well, that's a good question. And yeah, I mean, he he's didn't a free make the Broncos 80. He didn't make the Broncos 80, but you know, he, you, you had him in, he, he brings some explosiveness. I mean, why wouldn't, you know, why, why wouldn't you just bring him back and fill out the depth chart at this point? And uh, Le'Veon Bell is going to, would probably cost you what minimum of $4 million. Probably. Yep. Mm, nah, I don't think it's worth it at this point. Yeah, yeah, and I mean what we've seen on on tape, what we've seen with with him being, you know, uh, not the best teammate in the world the past couple of years, actually, yeah. uh, not someone that that you want to bring in. I'm glad you brought that up, Zach, because Le'Veon Bell appears to be one of those players who does not handle team failure exceptionally well. Yeah, 
Yeah, and the Broncos are in a tough spot right now, and they need guys that are going to come in uh, and, and and help the rest of the team, not just be a me man. So no, and especially because you said it, Mace, this is this is only going to be a two three game situation. It may not be until later in the season right now. So you're not mm-hmm. going to go out and pick up Le'Veon Bell. And on top of that, Mace, you still have a Pro Bowl running back in Philip Lindsay right now. You still have a guy that you're comfortable with and Royce Freeman to be that backup, to be that too. The move is going out and getting a Kalfani Muhammad or something just like that. You, mm-hmm. you absolutely nailed it, Mace. It's not the sexy move. Le'Veon Bell is the name. But how do you think Le'Veon Bell would like sharing reps with Philip Lindsay? And then, oh, by the way, being maybe a third wheel to Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay whenever Gordon's back, whether that be this week, whether it be in a couple of weeks. I mean, that sounds like a nightmare. I think that would go just fabulously. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you didn't take me at my word on that one. <laughs> Sometimes sarcasm gets a little bit lost. The, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I mean, if you want more headaches, Le'Veon Bell is your guy. Yeah. There, there's a there's a pretty small market of teams that Le'Veon Bell can help and is right for. Uh, it's teams that have a need at running back and teams that are contending. And and if you're Le'Veon Bell, you kind of just sit back and you wait for the right situation. You wait for an injury to strike an RB1 on a team that looks like they're playoff bound. And then your agent maybe picks up the phone, gives a call, and says, hey, I'm available. That, that That's what you do. I I mean, unfortunately, the Broncos, they aren't that team right now. And if we had had our normal podcast and we had discussed the impact of the rescheduling, I'm sure we would have gotten into the to the idea that, Zach, that if Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore play on Sunday for the Patriots, the Broncos are staring down the barrel of one and five. Yep. Yep, exactly. Mace, I think in the next two games, the Broncos are nearly double-digit underdogs going against the Pats on the road than hosting the Chiefs. So Vegas right there would say, yes, the Broncos are going to go one and five. And then, yeah, you don't you don't want anything to do uh, mm-hmm. with people that aren't going to be good teammates. And here for the long haul, Le'Veon Bell, if you sign him right now, I imagine he's a one-year rental. So there, right. there's no reason to go down that route. And that that's so telling because there's a chance the Broncos may not have their high-paid running back, Melvin Gordon, for a few games after he was charged with that DUI. And so let's say this didn't happen with Melvin Gordon, then zero. I mean, we're talking no chance. So for any of the Bell people out there, I'm sorry to put the hammer on it, but it's not happening. Yeah, and in fact, we're seeing some comments come in like this one from Dylan West who says, please, God, no Bell looked like he was washed using the RK term, and is a locker room cancer. Yeah, and I mean, it, it wasn't just this year with the Jets. It wasn't just last year. It was the year before with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, his teammates started to turn on him uh, publicly. And when that happens, mm-hmm. I mean, you rarely see that happen. I, I don't imagine we're going to see any teammates turn on Melvin Gordon uh, just because that that's what they are. They're, they're their teammates. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't expect uh, Le'Veon Bell to be coming here uh, in, into Denver. But, Mace, it's also uh, a bummer if you are without Melvin Gordon this week. And there's just that, I would say, typically in a, in, in a normal year, the, the Broncos and the team will let this play out. Uh, in the legal process, then once it once the he was charged or the case wrapped up, then that's when the NFL would come down and hand down a two or three game suspension. But with COVID, I just I think it's a little more uncertain about how the NFL and the Broncos are going to handle this. 
And let's say he's not out there this week. It's also a bummer because not only is Philip Lindsay, uh, you know, coming off an injury, he says he's a hundred percent, but still you may want to work him back in. But Drew Locke, let's say Drew Locke does play. Well, we probably know that shoulder's not a hundred percent if he plays this week. Maybe it's 90%, but maybe Pat Shermer was going to lean on the running game just that much more than he typically would have if Drew was a hundred percent. And let's say Drew doesn't play. Well, Brett Rippon, I mean, then you really want to rely on your running game. And you can do that with Philip Lindsay, but it's just not the ideal timing. And, it, and it, it's tough because Melvin Gordon's, you know, counterpart is just coming back from an injury. And then the quarterback would either be making a second start ever against Bill Belichick or be coming off an injury, making his first start in about a month. Yeah. <laughs> There's never uh, good times ideal. for this. There's never, never good times for this. No, I mean, it now with the Melvin Gordon stuff, the a worst time probably would have been two weeks ago. Right. When Philip Lindsay was on the shelf. So yeah, this is marginally better, but again, but again, the other thing that, uh, that comes into play here and, uh, I'm actually sitting here as we're doing this, looking at, uh, you know, look, looking at the, the COVID protocols and looking specifically, uh, for kind of details on, on violations away from, uh, away from the facility. And the, the league does have the capability of finding people mm. for, 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 of course, we know that we know that they're, that they're finding teams. Um, According that back in August, there was a memo that CNBC obtained that said that the failure to stick to protocols would result in a fine of up to fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, and so and so we'll see if, if the league or the Broncos come down with that. And with Vic Fangio's comments on mm. on Sunday, some people took those the wrong way, and we've talked about how uh, people have taken those comments the wrong way. But he's very very strict. Uh, about these right uh, about these protocols and following the COVID guidelines okay and here like yeah he here is like what do they call high risk behavior that is uh, subject to a fine or even a suspension just kind of go over the details again and one is attending an indoor bar or a nightclub unless the player is wearing ppe personal protective equipment and there are no more than 10 people there you can't have a gathering at home of more than 15 unless the player are all and all guests are wearing masks or ppe and you also can't have a gathering where social distancing for more than 10 people is impossible you can't go to an indoor music concert and entertainment event of course there's not a heck of a lot of those right now and you can't go to a professional sporting event other than nfl games unless you're in a separated seating section nothing like that going on last night so the question is if melvin gordon was out was he in violation of that uh, of, of that protocol regarding having 10 people at say a bar or a nightclub that's that that's something that that uh, the broncos and the nfl are probably gonna try to get to the bottom of bottom of today I was going to say, I guarantee you the Broncos in the NFL will certainly dig on that. So this is just more than just being charged for a DUI. Also, I believe in that charge for a DUI, he was also charged with speeding 25 uh, to 39 miles per hour over the speed limit at uh, Fifth and Spear or around Fifth and Spear. So kind of around the downtown area, just to give you guys all the information of what we know right now. Of course, this happened last night. So the Broncos and authorities are still gathering more information. Now, Mace, will is this something where Melvin Gordon will be back in the facility today, do you expect? 
Uh, the Bronco, I mean, that's a good question. We're going to find out at practice here. I mean, it depend, It usually whether the player is back or not, um, it depend, usually in a normal situation, just depends on where things stand with the, with the courts and, and all that, and just simply if they didn't get enough sleep. But here's the thing. If, they, if there's a suspicion that he was in violation of the COVID protocols, frankly, you're telling him, take a holiday for a while. Yeah. If you're smart. Yeah, exactly. You you don't want to bring him back with, right. when there's a chance that he exposed himself. And on top of that, Mace, maybe he exposed himself just, just in the process of being charged with, with the DUI and, and, and what he had to, to do last night. So maybe just that the Broncos mm-hmm. say, stay away, not just for today, but mm-hmm. stay away for, for many days. In fact, Mace, um, the new protocols that the NFL sent out last week on how mm-hmm. to handle incoming free agents – they have to be uh, – they can't join your building and go inside for six days. It, it is five full days of testing. So mm-hmm. maybe the Broncos treat it like that. They say, you know, we know you've been uh, exposed to more people than we want you to, even if it was just the, the interaction with the, with the policeman. Um, right. and, and they could take that route. So we're sitting here on Wednesday. The Broncos fly out to New England on Saturday. So – um, even though this is something where I think the NFL waits to take a, a discipline action on the DUI itself, this is something that could impact them this week. It could definitely could. And, and, you know, the funny thing is like of the interactions you're talking, the potential interactions you're talking about, the one I'm least worried about is the police because right. the police, all the police I've seen, you know, in terms of, you know, pulling people over on the roads, both here in Denver, you know, traveling to a co- traveling to a couple of games, Every time I see the police in action, I see PPE. Yeah, yeah, no, w- w- yeah. without a doubt. So with, I, ima- I imagine that that the 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 police officer who pulled over Melvin Gordon uh, was pro- was following proper protocols when it comes to having PPE on. Yeah, yeah, and, and Mace, this news comes off Melvin Gordon having his first career 100 yard game with the Broncos. Of course he had the, uh, the touchdown which which sealed the win for Denver against the jets. Again, never a good time for this. It is 100% uh, unexcusable, but man, I mean, not the news you want uh, when uh, you're coming back from a couple of days off, which is now in place of your bye week. Yeah. And you know that in a normal circumstance, you'd have, little you'd have little memos around the building for whatever your buy is or your in this case your quasi buy and there'd be like little sheets of paper on the doors that would say don't be that guy i'll use the i'll use the bennett brower dr evil air quotes that guy over the buy and that guy is the one who goes out and has too much of the good life, gets in trouble. You know, John Fox used to always say before uh, breaks in season in the off season that the only reason he wanted to read about anybody was if they hit the lottery. Of course, poor John Fox one year became the biggest story of the Broncos by when he came down with, uh, with, with, with heart trouble and had to undergo surgery. And thankfully he was okay. But um, yeah, a, a normal circumstance. I mean, normal circumstance, normal year, teams are nervous about this sort of thing happening over the bye. And now you had a couple of days and and this happened. I mean, again, you know, you don't, I don't want to, I don't want to convict before the court's doing. We don't have all the information yet. That's why I kind of went over the the protocols about uh, bars and stuff in detail. But 
right now, none of it looks good. And all of it seems pretty damn inexcusable. Yep. Yep. And that Sorry. is a good, that, that, that's a good way to put it. Um, and, and I completely agree with you. We will be talking to Vic Fangio later today for mm-hmm. the first time since this news broke. Uh, and we will relay all of that on the DNVR.com. Mace, I think we need to hop into the comment section to brighten this podcast <laughs> up. All right. And just like that, the magic of podcasts, we are rolling into the comment section. Thank you all for joining us on the podcast portion of this. But before we go any further, got to tell you guys about Colorado Rugby, because earlier in the year, it was announced that Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams. That means Colorado is the place for rugby in the United States, and no one has better coverage right there from Infinity Park in Glendale, then the DNVR, us, our guy, our reporter Colton Strickler is breaking it all down and he's got the best news on all things Colorado rugby and all things American rugby. You can check him out uh, on podcasts at DNVR rugby, at Twitter on DNVR rugby. And of course, he's got some great articles breaking down the sport, breaking down everything that's going on in American rugby right now over at the DNVR.com. So make sure to check us out at DNVR Rugby. And uh, if hopefully you're hanging out at home, want to relax a little bit, have a Breckenridge Brew. Of course, Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. And you know what? You don't just have to drink beer to be a part of Breckenridge Brewery. If you're in the Denver area, you can have food at their outstanding restaurant down at their brewery facility facility in Littleton, right off Santa Fe, of course. That is the farmhouse. If you order your meal and some beer from the farmhouse, use that magical code DNVR and save $5 off. Call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. for pickup and you know what? You can have you can eat in as well. You're encouraged to call for reservations, 303-803-1380. Everything is safe with distancing to have a good meal. And you know, it's basically pub grub elevated. Uh, you love that, that kind of food. If you want to just have some beer at home, no problem. If and you're outside of Denver, get that 15-can sample. You can order it through Drizzly. Or you can go to your local Costco, your local grocery store, et cetera. And if you're outside of Colorado and you want to know where you can find some of those delicious Breckenridge brews, check out the Breck Beer Locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website. You can get some of that Avalanche beer, that Colorado Core, Hop Peak, et cetera. Whatever you can find, it's there. There's probably a place not too far from you that has Breckenridge brews in stock. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of the NVR. Mm, Mace, I love it. Sounds delicious on this Wednesday morning. Now, Mace, of and, course. And, and I should add, drink responsibly. Yes, yes. I was just going to say that as well. All right, Mace, before we hop into the comments, I want to give you my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week because, man, I found this last night and I absolutely love this pick of the week and we're going away from Broncos. We're going away from the NFL. We're going to college football for this one. My Alabama Crimson Tide taking on the number three Georgia Bulldogs this week. And I saw what the over under is for this game. It's really high 57 points for the over, but I love it. Give me the over in this game. It's going to be such a fun SEC primetime showdown this weekend between number two Alabama and number three Georgia. Mace, Alabama's offense has been incredible this season. Yes, they don't have two of the people are still sleeping on their offense despite putting up 
38 points in one game, 52 in the next, and 63 just last week. And they did one of those, uh, the 52, they dropped against Texas A&M. And so look for more fireworks this week against Georgia. They're averaging over 50 points per game. So all Georgia will need to do is get eight points to hit that over if Bama keeps it at 50. So give me the over for Georgia and Alabama. Who knew that the SEC would turn into the Big 12? (laughs) Seriously. In terms of style of play. I mean, what the heck is going on? I mean, I guess 2020 is just going to 2020. But, you know, I always counted on the SEC to provide a refuge from the ridiculous off-the-charts unrealistic offense that we see in some other conferences in college football and that sometimes uh, makes the games hard to watch because they drag on for so long and they go (laughs) to four hours and beyond. I mean, I know some of y'all really dig college football, but man, I, they got to get the length of the games under control in that sport. I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway, that's, and now you can't escape it anywhere. Yeah, that, that's 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 true. I mean, uh, uh, base, but I could say say should say the same thing about baseball because both LCS games last night, game two of the NLCS, game three of the ALCS, dragged over four hours last night. Come on, let's uh, let's let's pick up the pace a little bit here. So it's funny that I talk about baseball because I'm about to go back to baseball for my DraftKings pick <laughs> of the week. And I know that the over-under for strikeouts for a picture facing the Atlanta Braves, uh, that run finally broke uh, last, the last time I made it my pick of the week. But I'm going to go back to that well again. Julio Urias is pitching for the Los Angeles Dodgers this afternoon or tonight, depending on what time zone you're in, against the Atlanta Braves. The over-under on strikeouts for, Uri- for Urias is three and a half against a team like the Braves that is fairly free swinging. And Oh, by the way, Julio Urias averages nearly a strikeout per inning. So basically if you take the under, you're saying, okay, he's not going to pitch very long. My guess is the Dodgers, after having their bullpen taxed the last couple of nights, they're going to want him to go at least five or six strong innings. You know, they don't, they're hoping to have Clayton Kershaw back later in the series, but their rotation and their plan was kind of torn asunder with him having back spasms yesterday. I think they're going to try to get five, even six innings out of Arias in this game. And thus I'm taking the over on the three and a half strikeouts for him tonight against Atlanta. Man, you always find a good way to just back up that one because, man, you convinced me. That's easy. (laughs) Yeah, well, but I'll then provide the disclaimer. It's for entertainment purposes only, not to be used for the basis of (laughs) actual cash wager. Oh, we can't really do that anymore now that it's legal. (laughs) Exactly. exactly. I just say say, don't yell at me if I'm wrong. (laughs) Right, right. I can't take it right now. Because you're the one putting in the bed at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've got the emotional investment in this game. So, you know. And, uh, <laughs> Yet you're voting your against they're, your team on that. <laughs> think, but it's worked. Yes, it That's, has. The interesting thing is that with this bet a bunch of times this year, Zach, I, I was right on the bet, but the Braves won. Right? So I'd love it if that happened again. <laughs> yes, you certainly would. And, man, all of Rocky's land is behind you, Mace. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Is that what it is? Is it Rocky's land? I have no idea what it is, but we're making it that, in the words yeah. of John Elway. <laughs> Rocky's land, Rocky's nation. Although, I, uh, 
And he, John Elway says Bronco Land. I always thought it was pronounced Broncolin, but uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, All right, Mace, welcome let's to Bronco talk, Land. Let's talk to the people. DTL chiming in. Howdy. Regarding what I said yesterday about Drew Brees, I think I have to clarify it a bit. Most teams starting quarterback is the best 99 out of 100 times over the backups, but I'm not so sure anymore with the Saints. I would lead more towards, toward Winston being better in this case, although I'm not sure if it's just all game plan or whatnot, but Breeze has been the definition of check down Charlie since Carr invented the phrase. I literally saw seven plays in a row where it was Breeze to Kamara for short gains. I just don't think a veteran quarterback should make decisions like that, especially if that one man, Kamara, has been carrying the team letting him take all those extra unnecessary hits, risking injury. End of comment. Peace out. In Breeze's defense, he doesn't have Michael Thomas right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he has Emmanuel Sanders, but he's got late-stage career Emmanuel Sanders in year 11. Yeah. And he used him in that past game, that's for sure. He did. And, and, he, and, and the other thing is, the vertical threat night right now is primarily coming from Jared Cook, and that was a, that was a nice pass that he threw to Jared Cook. I mean, good, good read, found him open, on the money. So yeah. it's, 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 I get that you don't, maybe don't want him overusing Alvin Kamara, but at the same time, if you don't have Michael Tom, Thomas, you look at the options and – Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, these guys can be helpful, but Kamara is a Camaro. <laughs> yes, he is. And if you've got a Camaro, why are you having it sit in the garage? Yeah. You're taking, I, you're taking that thing out for a spin. I'm not blaming anyone for, for using right. the Alvin over and over again. But I know where you're coming from with Jameis sitting on the bench, DTL. Next one coming in from Ernest Hemingway's six-toed cat family. More importantly, <laughs> would you rather shout all the time or whisper all the time? Go, Iceman. Okay, the question is, if you shout all the time, does your voice get tired or not? Because that would, ex that would exact such a strain on your vocal cords if there was normal wear and tear that eventually you'd be incapable of saying anything above a whisper anyhow. <laughs> right, so you'd eventually be whispering all the time. But the thing about it is, let's say you never got fatigued. Let's say you just had perpetually regenerating vocal cords and there was no, there was no accumulated strain on them. Then I would still rather whisper because here's the reason. If you can only shout, that means you're probably not talking in a lot of situations. Yeah. Whereas you whisper, it's tough for people to hear, but at least you can talk and in a non-coronavirus environment, people can lean in and listen. Now with social distancing, we don't really have that. And if I could only whisper, then what I could do is turn up the gain on the mic like this, <laughs> and you could still hear what I'm saying. <laughs> Boy, it would be creepy, though. <laughs> uh, could yeah. you still hear me? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Could hear okay. everything you said. Uh, and right. Mace, you're 100% right. You have, to, you have to do the whisper. You'd be... Anyone would be way too annoying shouting all the time. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I believe it was um, Steve DeBerg, former Bronco quarterback in, in 82 and 83, but he was with the, in 81 as well. But he was with the 49ers in 1980, and he had uh, an issue with his vocal cords, and he couldn't speak. And so they actually outfitted his, his shoulder pads with a speaker and put a microphone on his – on attached to his face mask and his helmet 
and then it had, went to a wire down to a speaker. So I, there's, you can see on the video of, the, of these games that he had, it's got this huge bulky speaker like on his shoulder and a microphone. So even though he's barely talking above a whisper, guys can hear him make the play calls in the huddle. That's incredible. And at the snap, at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's something else. So, yeah, there, there are ways. I think what I'm saying is if you whisper, there are ways around it to make right. sure that you're heard. So. Right. And the I'm other probably, way, not so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably thinking way too much about this Ernest, Kemi, Ernest Hemingway six-toed cat family. And by the way, I really appreciate that name. That is brilliant. <laughs> it really is. TK Freeze. My boys. Life has been crazy, but I've been listening from a distance, catching up on pods now. Quick question. Rank these one to five on most arm talent. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, and Drew Locke. More comments to come. I'm playing catch-up. Thank you, man. Man, I, I got to go Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, one, two. I'll just give the nod to Patrick Mahomes. Then I'm going, uh, oh, boy, I don't know. I, how, how do you round it out? Drew Locke, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson? Uh, actually, I've got – I'm going Allen, Mahomes, Wilson, Herbert, Locke. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. the, and the, Russell Wilson has a much stronger arm than some people give him credit for. The other thing that Russell Wilson has is an incredibly quick delivery, which basically has allowed him to neutralize any concerns about his lack of height compared to some of those other quarterbacks because he has the ability to get that ball off rapid fire. There's a little bit of Dan Marino in his delivery, and thus it's past the defensive lineman before they can react. That's part of – and that – as well as throwing the lanes and getting out of the pocket. All these are reasons why Russell Wilson, even though he's sub six foot, has very few passes batted down at the line yeah. of scrimmage. Yeah, it, it's incredible what he's able to do at that height. And, man, height shouldn't matter. That, that's for sure. Russ, Russ and a few others are showing us that. MVP, MV Russ. Yep, really should be. Give him the trophy. Well, I, if you give it after four game, after five games, he's the guy. I mean, God forbid he get hurt because I love watching seriously. him play. Oh, man, he's, he's a treat, that's for sure. Yep. D-Dubs chiming in. Fellas, I forgot that I needed to resub since it's already been another year. For my Broncos note, Herbert scares the heck out of me. I wasn't supposed to – he wasn't supposed to be this good. Hopefully he's successful, but loses a lot of games to the Broncos. As the resident beer snob who is a day late on pods, I had to chime in when y'all talked about Nitro's only being for dark and heavy beers, TLDR. Nitro just means that the beer pours velvet smooth creaminess regardless of style. Dark heavy beers that already have less carbonation just fit better with Nitro. There are plenty of not dark beers that are on Nitro. They're just harder to find and make. Well, I appreciate that. That's good to know. Yeah, and I wasn't saying that it couldn't be possible. I just don't, I've never seen one personally, and it kind of goes with what you're saying. They're hard to find. He goes on and says, now that the beer talk is out of the way, Y'all are the best, and I'm super pumped to get another year in with you all. Hopefully, I'll make a game up to the bar from the Springs. And if anyone making the trek down here, hit me up, and I'll find us some cold breck brews at a sweet spot. Well, I'll, I'll keep that in mind, D-Dubs. Every so often, I get down to the, to the Springs and actually uh, was there several weeks ago. So uh, next, time, next time I come down, I'll, uh, I'll give you a buzz and uh, maybe find a place with a patio, perhaps, and, uh, and hang out. That'd be fun. I love it. This one from Brian. If you had to remove one current Bronco Hall of Famer to add one Bronco of choice, who is it and why? 
oh man, I'm not doing that. I'm not taking anyone out of the Hall of Fame. And, <laughs> you know, the, there was a lot of, uh, you know, I think the Broncos are starting to get their, their due in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think there's as much of an argument for that anymore right now. Obviously, there's some guys that still definitely deserve to be in. Uh, but I'm not taking anyone out to put someone else in. Yeah, it's, I respect the question, Brian. But if I had to, fortunately, I don't have to. It's like, and the thing is, with Bronco Hall of Famers covering this team for so long, if I didn't cover the player while they played, I've interviewed them, talked talk to them, gotten to know them. It's like choosing among your kids. I'm not going to do it. I can't. I'm sorry, man. I just can't do it. It, Mace, is that why you only have uh, one kid right now? So you, you can always choose and be right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's hard enough with three dogs. I mean, although, <laughs> although right now, it, as long as, uh, as Ruby keeps having the habit of peeing on the floor, she won't have most favored nation status <laughs> in this household. We actually went and got a new hardwood floor cleaner to keep, to keep things shiny just because she's uh, still using too much of the first floor as her own personal toilet. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway, love thunder down under. First of all, boo-erns. Uh, the old Simpson joke was I saying, were you saying boo or boo-erns? I was saying boo-erns. <laughs> Second, if you had to have one Bronco in history sit across from you at a dinner table watching you eat 50 wings, totally silent, just staring, who would it be and why? And Mace, no Steve Atwater. He'd want you to eat 25 more wings than this thought experiment requires because, of course, that would make 75 wings. Third, <laughs> boo, sobbing noises. Okay. One Bronco in history sit across from me at a dinner table watching me eat 50 wings, totally silent, just staring. You know why I choose Gary Zimmerman? Uh, why? Because offensive linemen are usually quiet anyway. <laughs> and, and the silence of the offensive linemen of the media, he was one of the guys who started it. So I figure Zim could handle that pretty well. <laughs> so wait, they're quiet? They don't get to talk to you? Well, that, it was the whole thing of letting the play do the talking. So they, they didn't, didn't uh, kind of adhere to media requests. Right, right. No, but in, in this scenario, you're eating 50 wings and they're not able to talk to you? They're just yeah. watching? Oh, right. boy. Boy, that's awkward. Yeah, I mean, I guess you go offensive lineman. I'm taking – yeah. But the thing is, though, you're kind of – some of those guys would probably want to pack away the wings with you, so it could probably make them feel bad. <laughs> but I'm just saying that, like, if I had – there are a lot of guys in Bronco history that are loquacious, and I wouldn't want to have them just staring. I'd want to talk. Right, right, yeah. yeah I, I agree. you got to get a quiet guy. I'll go the like, total opposite and go with a, uh, a people mm-hmm. – offensive lineman that like to talk. I'll go Mark Schlereth or Tom Nalen. Yeah. Well, Tom Nalen liked to talk after he played. Right. He didn't do a lot of talking while he played, which is yeah. one of the aspects of his career after football, sometimes being a broadcaster, that I found very interesting. Now, Marshall Reth, he, he talked quite a bit like in interviews when he was in Washington, so he always kind of had that in his background anyway. That, and it, it did not surprise me that he went into broadcasting when he retired. Yeah, no, not not at all. The, ho- the hogs could talk in Washington. I remember <laughs> I, I even the first generation of hogs when I was like eight, nine, ten years old. I remember uh, that you, you saw them on TV a lot. They had a lot to say. Man, that's great. The hogs can talk. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Manning's forehead chimes in. 
Before the 2019 draft, I was a Herbert fan and wanted the team to wait a year and not draft Locke. To be fair, I live in the West, so I hadn't seen any of Locke and had to rely on places like PFF, which I subsequently unsubscribed from. Before the 2020 draft, I thought I'd take Locke over Herbert, knowing what I know after seeing Locke's first year in Herbert in college. Now, I have no clue. But I don't think it matters. In the 14 years with Phillip Rivers a quarterback, the Chargers won four division titles. Broncos won five. They're a cursed franchise that has never and will never do anything. Also, did the Bucks broncos game actually happen? That game was so forgettable. I remember like two things that happened that game. Yeah, I can imagine that game was forgettable for everyone but me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, there's, uh, I'm obviously able to, to have what I think is reasonably keen insight on both teams because I know them so well. But, yeah, that it's, it's definitely a game that kind of fades into the ether, ether. And really, I mean, the history of Bucks broncos there's not many memorable games. I mean, probably the two most memorable Bucks broncos games in, in the time they've played, uh, you'd probably have to look at – uh, the 76th game where the Broncos ran up the score and John McKay was furious afterward. And um, although I would say, argue, I would argue that they didn't really run it up, that the Bucks were just playing so badly at that point. They were on their way to 0-14. But uh, the Broncos were trying to pass the ball when went up in the second half. But uh, there were some hard feelings there going back to the, pack, the old Pack 8 days between John McKay and uh, John Ralston and others. And then the 1993 game where the Broncos were in position uh, at 9-5. and five. They clinched the playoffs. They were trying to get a home game. And then they lost those last two games of the regular season. The first one of those was against the Bucks, 17-10. Aside from that, not really a lot of memories from this series. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have many, that's for sure. Now, here's the thing about, uh, about what you said, Manning's forehead, forehead, about Justin Herbert. They, yes, they won four division titles with Philip Rivers at quarterback. Yes, the Chargers did, and uh, and that's and it, is it a cursed franchise? Perhaps, but the scenario of the moment is different. Let's say the Chargers win four division titles with Justin Herbert. Well, then you've also got Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes that is probably going to win the division title more often than not while he's their quarterback. Correct? Yep. So let's say over the next 12 years, let's say, or let's say 14, let's just say that Justin Herbert has a 14-year run as starting quarterback like Philip Rivers did, and the Chargers win four titles. Well, that run is concurrent with Patrick Mahomes, so you figure the Chiefs win what? Seven division titles if they win it half the time? At least, yeah, we'll go with seven. Great, that's three left over for the Broncos and Raiders combined. I mean, you're talking about table scraps. You're talking about a very long 14 years if the Broncos can't have that guy at quarterback who can match some of the others throw for throw. And it's part of why I even say forget about playoffs, record, and everything. The most important aspect of the rest of this season is finding out if Drew Locke is the guy. Having data to make an to make an informed choice going into the 2021 offseason. Yep, without a doubt, without a doubt. Well, Mace, earlier in this segment, we gave you our DraftKings sportsbook pick of the week, and what a better place to go! There's no better place to go than DraftKings sportsbook to place those bets. And man, with week six coming up, not only can you place the bets, the the picks of the week that we gave you earlier in this podcast, but you can also get in on the incredible deals that they're offering right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is America's top-rated sportsbook app. 
DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive an upside to receive a sign-up bonus up to one thousand dollars. And on top of that great sign-up offer, DraftKings is offering odd boosts every single Sunday to help you make it rain. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So head to the App Store and download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get up to $1,000. Let's go DNVR to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You know, I was feeling a little bit down. I was actually starting to feel some age in some of my joints recently. And so I found that CBD helped me out. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I want to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee, our friends and partners at, with DNBR. It's rich CBD-infused coffee that you can purchase in K-Cups for your Keurig, whole bean, or ground. Use that magical code DNVR20 and get 20% off your purchase at Strava. You can order online. It will ship it to you very fast, but you can also get it at a lot of places in the Denver area, including Carbon Cafe and Bar, Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, Max Market, and, of course, the DNVR bar has that Strava craft coffee waiting for you. I, I've, I can speak of its help. It's helped me with, with headaches. I had, I had some migraines several years ago and, and CBD helped take those away. Sometimes you get feeling a little pain in your joints. CBD helps that as well. So I use some balm, but if I want some coffee, Strava Craft Coffee also provides those benefits of cannabis without the psychotropic effects, effects that, uh, frankly, I, I don't want, and I'd rather, ha- I'd rather have it this way. Supporting our partners is, is supporting us, of course, at DMVR, so make sure if you need some CBD, check out Strava Craft Coffee and use that magical code DNVR20 for 20% off. All right, Mace, next one coming in from Bangkok Bronco. Hey, gents, haven't commented in a couple of weeks as I've been pretty busy doing overtime at work, saving up the small fortune I'm going to need in order to return to Thailand. But rest assured, I'm listening every day. Tuned in to the tailgate on Sunday for the first time, and it was fantastic, but I think Hank needs to up his Tinder game. Regarding the Patriots game, I wish we could have Vaughn in street clothes on the sideline. Obviously, he couldn't play, but if Cam glances over and sees his own father standing there, the PTSD <laughs> would kick in and he'd throw a couple of balls straight to K-Jack. I'm predicting a big Philip Lindsay day, assuming he plays. Phil's always hungry, but after sitting out some games where he knows he could have helped the team, he'll be hungrier than RK with the plate of Marmite on toast. <laughs> Cheers. Double B out. Oh, my gosh, the Marmite. Of course, the Marmite. Yes, and Mace, I believe this comment was actually left before the Melvin Gordon DUI news mm. came out. So, man, yeah, Phil's going to be even hungrier now. Yeah, and he's going to have opportunities as well. And and the Patriots uh, have given up over 125 rushing yards as a team twice so far this season, giving up a buck 26 to the Raiders and a buck 54 to the Seahawks, also giving up 87 to the Dolphins back in week one and 94 to the Chiefs at Arrowhead uh, just a little over a week ago. So there are going to be some opportunities here, and this is part of the Broncos needing to keep the game close. You want to be in a position where you can continue running the ball, continue pounding, continue probing, continue 
don't you don't have to get into that kind of imbalance that we saw, for example, in the Bucks loss a few weeks ago. So keep it close. Continue to give opportunities to Philip Lindsay on the ground. Eventually, you're going to strike for some gains. Yep, exactly, exactly. LDJ chiming in. I heard someone say the Chargers are more talented than the Broncos. My question, if that's true, by how big of a margin would you say so? Also, is it a fair assessment to say Drew has been mediocre if someone feels he's mediocre at best this far? Is that accurate? Mm, I don't – mediocre has such a negative connotation. Right. Um. Has he, has he been average? Has, be, has he been an average quarterback? He's been an average starter, yes. He's in that middle tier. There are things that he needs to work on. Obviously, he's got to be able to absorb a hit better. And uh, if there's a concern that you have, maybe it is uh, a little bit on that internal clock and the feel for the pass rush. Because if that doesn't improve, then he's going to take some hits and he's going to put himself at risk of future injury. Yep. And, and I would say, yeah, he's, he's been average. Now why I feel better about Drew than just average is because he's only started a handful of games and he's been average. So that, that to me says that his trajectory is still going up. So mm-hmm. LDJ, yeah, I think if someone were to say that, that that's pretty fair. Um, now he's had games where he's certainly been above average, like that Houston game. He was, you know, the best quarterback in the league that week. Um, and Mace, how much more talent do the chargers have if they do have more talent than the Broncos? Mm. Uh, well, I mean, don't forget, they, too, they are as rocked by injury as the Broncos are. So, yeah. I mean, I think both teams have a decent amount of talent on the roster. And I, I wouldn't necessarily say that one has more talent than the other. I think they're both – I think they're right there. I mean, you're basically splitting hairs, I think, to determine overall talent level uh, for these teams. And they're built very similar, you know, young quarterbacks got have some weapons on offense and then a lot of money and players spent on the defensive side. So LDJ, I would say I would totally agree with Mace. I think they're about even. And the other thing is also, let's say with, uh, with Drew Locke, let's, let's just, I hate to go passer, passer rating, but you're looking for a quick metric here. And I'll rule out the Pittsburgh game because he didn't play very much. He only had five attempts. So in his first six starts, let's say you drop the high, you drop the low in terms of passer rating. So you drop the high of 136 against the Texans last year, drop the low of 50.8. And his passer ratings are 84.5, 90.9, 95.0, 99.6. And so, you know what? You put that together and that creates a quarterback who's right around the league average among starting quarterbacks today. Yep. Well, the problem then is you make the Justin Herbert comparison. And he's made, he's made four starts. And if you drop the high and you drop the low of his, pass, of, of his passer rating, the low you're dropping is 88.0. The high you're dropping is 137.9. So you're left with 94.4 and 122.7. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's above 100. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we'll get more data. And I'm sure Justin Herbert's going to have some bad days. That, I'm sure. Every, every young quarterback is going to have a bad day. Is going to have bad days. It's, going to, it's never a straight incline in terms of your performance in, unless you're Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> exactly. Wild card checking in. Hey, fellas, it's been a while since I commented last. But with so much drama in Tennessee, it's kind of hard being Derrick Henry. After seeing how the Titans defense dismantled Josh Allen last night, it gives me some more hope for Locke's comeback. I feel like Locke played a better game against that defense than Allen did. 
What should fans expect from a Drew Locke comeback? And how many wins assured him being back next year? Okay. I get what you're saying, wild card. But last night and the build-up to it represents so many exceptional circumstances that I almost kind of take that game and say it happened, it matters on the record, but I'm not using that as the basis for anything long-term in terms of evaluation for either team. The Bills, you know, they're thinking, are we preparing for the Titans? Are we preparing for the Chiefs? What's going on here? Effectively preparing for two teams. The Titans not practicing basically for the last couple of weeks and – it's fair to say, and I believe Brandon McManus pointed this out on social media, who needs practice, right? Maybe practice is overrated. So it's a, it was a game with preparation unlike any that we've seen in the modern NFL. So I, I really don't want to use that as a comparison or as a barometer for even, like Drew, for even like Drew Locke. The one thing you will say for Drew Locke in that Titans game is this. If Jerry Judy catches those two passes – the outcome is different, and maybe your feeling about Drew Locke's performance is different. Yeah, and your feeling for this season could be different, even with Drew right. getting hurt the next week. So, and what, what should fans expect? I mean, I, I hope he gets the ball out quicker. I hope that he avoids the, the big hits that have gotten, gotten, him, gotten him in trouble. Um, I, don't th- I really don't want to put a win total on it for Drew Locke because it's possible that he could play well and the team lose. I mean, just, look, you know that you've, the Chargers have found somebody in Justin Herbert even though they're 0-4 in the right. games he started. Right. So I think that's evidence of saying, okay, you step back from the win-loss total and you look at the performance. Is he making people around him better? Is he growing? Is he reading the defenses, the defenses better? Is the production reflecting his growth? If all these things are happening, then Drew Locke is back next year, unless it's a catastrophic type of finish like 3-13. and 13. Yep, yep, exa- exactly. Next one coming in from Lit Vatsky. I feel like this week's game has built up anticipation with as long as we have been waiting for it. I think we match up pretty well, at least our D versus the Pats offense. We have done a solid job of stuffing the run, and I think we are going to have to force Cam to make the throws to beat us. One question I have is, do you think Phil – will be a focal point of the offense or more of a slow build back into the game plan. I want to start him this week on fantasy because I think that Phil will be chomping to make something happen. Well, I think with the news coming down today about Melvin Gordon, Phil is uh-huh. a is a good fantasy start. At least that's what I think. Yep, exactly. He goes on and says, with crazy season and changes going on in football, I have felt it as a coach as well. This year, with schools having big adaptations, our football team has to adapt. We have over 20 or we had over 20 out of 50 kids who were fail who were failing more than two classes and became ineligible. We had to put about five to 10 players all the way from our C team to play on our A team because we had to chalk this season up as an asterisk season. I just want to end with the comment with, we do the best we can with what we have. I am sure everyone is adapting and I want to say thank you to RK, Zach and Mace for the consistency you bring in the world of uncertainty. Shay Shay, which means goodbye in Chinese. OG MVP Litvatsky. Appreciate the kind words, Litvatsky. And yeah, I mean, what is it that Vic Fangio says over and over again? Improvise and adapt, right? Yeah. That's that's not that's not just football, that's life. Yep. Exactly. Just, it is what it is. Exactly. And we appreciate all of you rolling with us still, even though sometimes the audio quality isn't 100%. But you know what? We're we're doing our part 
to make sure that, you know, football can be played and that we all stay healthy and that everyone else around us stays healthy. Yep. Sweat tuxedo. My boys. Just a quick thought. Recently, I feel like the players, the idea of players quitting on their coaches gets thrown around just about every season for multiple teams. Is it just me or could this be a side effect of these young kids not being able to handle adversity or difficult stretches as well as players used to? Maybe Mace has some more insight seeing as he's been around the block about 75 times. <laughs> uh, thanks for all you do in riding shotgun on my daily drives. Best wishes from Hamburg. Ah, so, such a cool. Thanks for riding with us, Sweat Tuxedo. Mace, what do, you, what do you think about that? I think that's an interesting point. Yeah. Now, that being said, the player, di- player discontent with coaches and, and organizations, it is something that, it's it's been around a while. I mean, shoot, after the 1976 season, basically a player revolt got John Ralston pushed out the door after five years as Broncos coach and replaced by Red Miller. Mm. So, you know, th- that being said, that wasn't quitting. The Broncos finished nine and five that year, played hard, uh, played hard to the end. And the other thing is. We talk about players quitting on their coach, yet it really doesn't happen that often because even if they're frustrated with their coach, as our friend Tyler Columbus says, played eight years in the NFL, no player wants to put bad film out there because they know that if they don't make it with that team, if they're at least making the effort to put good film out there, that somebody else can pick them up. Yeah, that you you may have to bounce around, and the way that but bounce around, but you can find a place in this league, and the way that you avoid doing that is by putting bad film out there. So that that's why when we talk about tanking, we talk about organizations as far as saying, okay, we're going to trade a bunch of players, and the guys out there maybe are, aren't going to be great because the players are going to give their utmost effort far more often than not, especially if they have something to prove it out occasionally. Yes, you'll see business decisions. You remember Aqib Tlaib uh, back in the 2017 regular season finale against yep. the Chiefs? Oh, yeah. A clear business decision, and then they, yeah. they didn't play him after that. Yeah, but they yanked him. But he, you know, he didn't need that at that point. I mean, he, you know, if you – and in the end, the Broncos played a lot of, of young guys the rest of the way, and those guys put forth the effort. So I don't think you're going to – it's one of those things where we talk about it, but it probably doesn't happen really that often. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, Mason. Final one here coming from True Chant Fan 24 What the heck is Melvin Gordon thinking? He could not have picked a worse time to catch a DUI. During the COVID season, I imagine he gets dealt a nice fine and probably a suspension. And honestly, I'm on board. Not only is he risking the lives of everyone on the road, but also puts his team at risk of a COVID outbreak if he was out and about at a bar mixing it up. A lot of fans already did not like the Gordon signing. I'm sure this will fuel the distaste of the signing even more. When Phil is healthy, just imagine him, the ball, and make or just hand him the ball and make Gordon the full fledged backup. You know what? I don't necessarily agree with that, disagree with that at this point. And whenever Melvin Gordon is suspended, or, or if you just say right now, and, and if, if he violated COVID protocol, I think you just take him out of the mix, but you, you, you put it, you put him on the, can you put him on the COVID list as a possible exposure if he violated protocol? I would think that maybe you can. I, I think there's that opening. And yeah. I just ride Phil and uh, see where it goes. Yeah. That's, that's my call. Yeah, and obviously I think Phil, no matter what Melvin Gord's status is this week, I think Phil's going to have a huge, 
huge role. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today. But before we get out of here, got to tell you guys about Green Mountain Dental Group. Green Mountain Dental Group out in Lakewood, they're just a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. They're a longtime DMVR partner. They've showed us the love for many years, so make sure to show them the love. And on top of that, they're diehard Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. So you get to get your teeth clean. You get uh, to talk sports with them. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. I mean, that is just the perfect place to go to get your teeth clean. So check out Green Mountain Dental. Schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for rolling with us today. Sorry that we had to talk about the news of the day, but, you know, it's just another punch that the Broncos are have, going to have to overcome here. And for Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. We'll be with you on the other side tomorrow. Have a great day.